Hare Krishna, welcome to this 15th episode of Sri Ishopanishad series and today's topic is Mantra 14. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Agyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Melitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Ramaha, Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale, Swayam Rupa Kadama Hemdadati Swapadantikam, Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam, Sahagana Raghunathan Mitam Tamsajivam, Sadvaitam Savadhutam, Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padan, Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Mitamscha, He Krishna Karuna Sindho, Dina Bandho Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute, Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hare Priye, Vanchakalpatarubhyascha kripa sandhubhya evacha Paditanam pavane bhyo vaishnavebhyo namon namaha Nama om Vishnupadaya Krishna preshthaya bhutale Srimate bhakti vedanta swaminiti namine Namaste saraswati deve gauravani pracharine Nirvishesha sunyavadi paschatya deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome to this 15th episode, Mantra 14 of Shri Supanishad and uh, I'm very sorry for the delay just got caught up with things. So, alright, um, I'm sorry for that little uh, inconvenience uh, for you to change the link and all that. So, we'll quickly jump into the mantra, mantra 14. Isha Upanishad, mantra 14. <clears throat> word to word from here. Sambhutim cha. Vinasham cha yaha tat veda ubhayam saha vinashena one second vinashena Mrityum Tirtva Sambhutya Amritam Ashnute Sambhutimcha Vinashamcha Yastadvedo Bhayam Saha Vinashena Mrityum Tirtva Sambhutya Amrita Mashnute 
संभूतिम च विनाशम च यस्तद्वेदो भयम सह विनाशेन मृत्युम तीर्वा संभूत्यामृतमश्नुते Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation One should know perfectly the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna and His transcendental name, form, qualities and pastimes as well as the temporary material creation with its temporary demigods, men and animals. When one knows these, he surpasses death and the ephemeral, ephemeral cosmic manifestation with it. And in the eternal kingdom of God, he enjoys his eternal life of bliss and knowledge. <clears throat> so, um, we will skip the matching of the phrase to phrase with the shloka. Uh, so, you kindly do that on your own. Because there is a lot to cover. And we will go to the... Just uh, two words I want to highlight. Sambhutim. Sambhutim, you see, the eternal personality of Godhead, his transcendental name, form, pa- uh, pastimes, qualities and paraphernalia, the variegatedness of his abode, etc. So, all that is translated for the word Sambhutim. So, because the Lord and his name and his paraphernalia and his entourage, they are all non-different. And Vinasham, Vinasham means destruction. So, in this... Uh, shloka it is meaning the temporary material manifestation of demigods men and animals etc with their false names fame etc so the eternal personality of godhead and the temporary living entities in this world i mean the living entities are permanent but their situation in this material world is temporary so that and everything is in this temporary world is um, what is that in the bhagavad gita he says kalakshayam kalakshayokrit loka pravidho Kalosmi, Lokakshayakrit Pravidho, Lokan Samahartum Iha Pravrittaha. So, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Time I am, the great destroyer of the worlds, and I have come here to destroy all people. So, that time is, time means destruction. So, Vinasham, everything that is in this material world is, is classified as Vinasham, whether it be demigods or the benedictions they give or our, our you know, humans, animals, everything, the whole cosmic manifestation. So, it is said that one who know, one should know perfectly Krishna and the, all the spiritual nature and his expansions, I mean, the, his, his name, form, pastimes and everything and also the temporary material creation with all its different paraphernalia. When one knows these, he surpasses death and the ephemeral cosmic manifestation with it. Ephemeral means... Um, flickering, temporary, <clears throat> and the eternal king, and in the eternal kingdom of God, he enjoys his eternal life of bliss and knowledge. That means we have to know both spiritual and material knowledge, which is also confirmed by Krishna himself in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter seven, text two. Gyanam teham savigyanam idam vaksham yaseshataha yagyatvane habhu yonyagyatavyamavasishyate. I shall now declare unto you in full this knowledge, both phenomenal and numinous, 
This being known, nothing further shall remain for you to know. So, both phenomenal and numinous. That means, phenomenal means the material and numinous means the spiritual knowledge. So, both we must know. Hmm? And here, it is about the eternal and non-eternal. Uh, it's the same thing. Purport. By its so-called advancement of knowledge, human civilization has created many material things, including spaceships and atomic energy. Yet it has failed to create a situation in which people need not die, take birth again, become old or suffer from disease. So, the advancement of science and technology with all its glaring attractions like, you know, spaceships and gadgets and this and that, they just distract us from the real problems of life, which is Janma Mrityu Jara Vyadhi Dukkha Doshanu Darshanam. So, that is the real miseries, the birth, death, old age and disease. And that is not um, solvable, if there is a word like that, by this so-called scientific and technological advancements. It gives an illusion of advancement. Oh, we have now something new, now something more, now something this, then something that. But then, the core problems are not being solved. No matter what is happening, that four problems is not being, are not being solved. Janma Mrityu Jara Vyadhi. And in fact, the hospital is, is the embodiment of all these four miserable conditions. There is Janma, there is Mrityu, there is Jara, old age and Vyadhi, diseases, all in the hospital. And they think to build more hospitals is the solution, is a good, you know, is a good um, work, philanthropic, charitable work. But the very fact that there are more hospitals means more people are suffering. There are more people going through birth, death, old age and disease. That's what it actually means. So that means real, real progress means there's no need of hospital. No birth, no death, no disease, no old age, right? eternal life uh, but when we when we say this to the scientists oh where is your eternal life you know where what have you advanced no we are coming and it's in the process we are doing our research we are doing our lab tests and everything so in this way they just give a post dated check you know what's a post dated check post dated check is a promise in the future there is no assurance in the presence or in the future it's just a promise it may or may not come true and actually it doesn't come true in this case because Krishna's law, Krishna has created this material world and the law is that Bhutva Bhutva Pralyata, everything will be destroyed repeatedly, you know, there is repeated creation and destruction in this material world, nothing will, nothing will stay on forever, nothing, Vinasham, this material world is the uh, abode of Vinasha or destruction, the abode of destruction. So, we should always remain um, alert whether this so-called uh, advancement is actually addressing the real problems or not. Uh, are they making us any better than Ahara Nidra Bhayamaitunam? Eating, mating, uh, sleeping, defending. Are we becoming any better than this by our advancement? And are we solving the problems of birth, death, old age and disease? Are we getting eternal life by this progress? No. So that has to be always the index for advancement or progress. We don't say that we are not going to use all the technological advancements that they are doing. If that can be used to broadcast, broadcast the message of eternity, knowledge and bliss, then it's worth it. Like this uh, broadcast that now you use, we are using Facebook Live here. And 
this is a material technology and it can be attractive but it on its own it has no um, use i mean it, it doesn't give eternity knowledge and bliss and it doesn't save us from birth death old age and disease but if we can use this platform if we can use this thing to spread the message of eternity knowledge and bliss of krishna the supreme personality of godhead and how to come out of this birth death old age and disease and to rise above the platform of just ahara nidra bhaya maithunamcha which is animal life eating sleeping mating and defending and rise to the platform of god consciousness if that message can be broadcasted then that's fine that is actually the proper use of everything in this material world it has to point us to that direction of um the kingdom of god vaikuntha other than if not for that everything is just a failure is just in the category of vinasham but if we use it in that category then it becomes in the category of sambhutim uh, so these fine fine or um, nuances we have to understand of spiritual life that a material thing can be spiritualized by um you know using it in the service of krishna this is called yukta vairagya but by themselves the so called material devices they are not um good for they are in the category of vinasha in the in the category of destruction and if we engage with them just watching topics or re- reading about topics which are just in this material world then we are just cultivating the culture of um vinasha we should cultivate the culture of sambhuti the culture of absolute truth and that means devotional service so it has advanced so much including spaceships and atomic energy but it has failed to create a situation in which people need not die take birth become old or suffer from disease whenever an intelligent man raises the question of these miseries before a so called scientist the scientist very cleverly replies that material science is progressing and that ultimately it will be possible to render man deathless ageless and diseaseless such answers prove the scientist's gross ignorance of material nature in the material nature everyone is under the stringent laws of matter and must pass through six stages of existence birth growth maintenance production of by products deterioration and finally death no one in contact with material nature can be beyond these six laws of transformation therefore no one whether demigod man animal or plant can survive forever in the material world we always want to have a long life we want and so scientists may even say oh we are, we are working towards that you know we we're, we're going to have um, we're going to be deathless and ageless and you know <laughs> and to even support this in fact it it this is not just um, we are saying it, they are actually saying i have seen um when let me remember it's about in the, i think in the beginning of this year or the end of last year there was this weird video that came out um it's a course they're saying that now with the science and technology and the advancement in it humans will be able to live for about uh, 110 120 130 years the generation that is living now at maybe in their youth they will be living up till then so the whole idea is to promote the health they have some health um, what is that programs where so called you can become healthy and you know you can become um, like a young man you know basically so they said if you're going to live until 120 130 you better be healthy and stop looking at life like 
you're in the middle age when you have reached 30 or 40 it is just in your one third age or one fourth of your your actual potential age and therefore you must treat that as young and then you have to do these exercises or whatever you know things and then you you must be young even at the age of 60 and 70 you should be like full with full vigor because life expectancy is going high and you know you you can live you and soon with science you will be live you will be living for so many more years that that was that was the theory and then that's how they are promoting their whatever exercise and health uh, program it was a course that they were marketing and with that the same thought the scientists on the other hand the, the astronauts their uh, side they were saying yes if life expectancy is going to be so much and it goes is going to increase to 150 or even 200 years with science and technology um there will be so much more population increase in this world so therefore we need to inhabit other planets because this planet will be insufficient for us anymore and therefore we have to travel and therefore we need to have these huge budgets for constructing spacecrafts and we have to go to other planets you just see how it's one thing is leading to another it's it's hope i mean <laughs> one promise and then on built on that uh, dream or fantasy there's another promise or because of this thing will happen so therefore that thing must happen so therefore you know we have to you know do this space exploration <clears throat> this is this is the way they're just keeping us you know you know the donkey the donkey with uh, you know the master makes wants to make the donkey move so he puts this carrot you know? he, he ties a stick to the donkey's neck and the and the stick comes out and the carrot hangs just about a feet a foot or a foot and a half from the donkey's mouth and then this donkey wants to eat the carrot and he walks forward and walks forward and walks forward for miles he is not going to go he is not going to eat the carrot but he is made to walk the miles so that's how modern society modern civilization the leaders of the modern civilization are just misleading us in this path of materialism giving us attractive promises but never really delivering on them uh, there may be some little bit advancement in the you know in the matter of some communication this and that this and that but a lot of damage concomitant damage that is coming along with it and meanwhile the the four principal miseries of birth death old age and disease are never addressed are never addressed i think there is some lag in the video in it Kindly let me know in the comments. Hopefully, it will just, you know, become all right in a while. So the truth is, though, that material nature is basically vinasham, the abode of dukhalayam ashashvatam. Krishna also confirmed that in the Bhagavad Gita. Chapter 8, text 15. Mamu petya punarjanma dukhalayam ashashvatam napnu vanti mahatmanaha samsidhim paramam gataha. After attaining me, the great souls who are yogis in devotion never return to this temporary world, which is full of miseries because they have attained the highest fraction. So you see. this temporary world 
which is full of miseries. This is the certification given by Krishna himself who designed this material world. Now, all of you kind of know probably who Elon Musk is. Elon Musk is the CEO of the company Tesla, cars and SpaceX, the spacecrafts that they are trying to build to go to Mars and all that and even moon. Now, if you ask him about, about the Tesla car or the SpaceX spacecraft, he will be able to tell you something about it or maybe everything about it. So, because he is the creator, he is the brains behind this whole thing. So, similarly, we need to get knowledge from the supreme brain who has created this material world and not from the scientists. They just were, were put into this material world according to the previous karma. They have no idea who created the universe and why it was created and with, whether it will be destroyed or not. They don't, they don't even know. So, just like if you ask an insect, you know there are some insects which are born in the night and they grow in the night and reproduce and they become old and die within the same night. Their entire lifetime is within the night. And if by chance one of those insects being born of this insect and or born of the next generation by chance sees the sun, the sunrise, he will think, wow, the whole world has changed. Oh, it's, it's a new thing, you know, the world has changed. But you know, nothing has changed. And if you ask that insect about what is the um, source of the universe and all that, how can he know? And when it will be destroyed, he has no idea. He's just going to be here for a few moments, few hours maybe, and die. Even this coronavirus that is, that is doing its rounds in the world, it, its lifespan is so small. If it just touches the skin, uh, it will die within like, you know, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, but it reproduces and then in, in short lifespan, it does so much damage. Mm. So, that's exactly how we human beings are there. We are also having such short lifespans. Comparatively, a little longer than those coronavirus. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this 50, 60, 70, 80. Okay, say even the one, 120 years that they are promising. What it is in the, in the, in the viewpoint of eternity. Where do they stand? It's just, they are just like small insects, small viruses in, in the expanse of time and they are just going to be gone and within the, their limited period here, they are causing so much damage just like the virus. And that, those human beings, how can we um, expect pure knowledge from them? They don't even know what, they have this, not the slightest idea of the grand scheme of things and who created this whole universe and why it was created and everything. So, similarly, so we have to be, we have to take the knowledge from Krishna. Krishna is saying, Vinasham, Sambhutim cha Vinasham cha. Here also he is saying, what is that? Dukhalayam, Ashashvatam. Dukhalayam means place of miseries and Ashashvatam means temporary, which is just the other word for Vinasham, destruction. In the Ishopanishad verse, the word was used Vinasham, which is just one part of this, Ashashvatam. But the next, the second part is Dukhalayam. Even that Ashashvatam, that temporary time is not full of bliss. It's full of miseries. That temporary time also. So, if you want eternity, bliss and knowledge, then it is the spiritual world, the Sambhuti. The duration of life 
varies according to species. Lord Brahma, the chief being within this material universe, lives for millions and millions of years, while a minute germ lives for some hours only. But no one in the material world can survive eternally. Things are born or created under certain conditions. They stay for some time and if they continue to live, they grow, procreate, gradually dwindle and finally vanish. According to these laws, even the Brahmas, of which there are millions in different universes, are all liable to death, either today or tomorrow. Therefore, the eternal material, sorry, therefore the entire material universe is called Martyaloka, the place of death. So this is the definition of the material world. No matter how intelligent one may be, even Lord Brahma himself is in the Vinasha category because he will also be destroyed. Arahma Bhuvanal Loka Punaravartyan Ojuna. 816, you know, if we, if we remember. Oh. 816. This is also the same Vinasha and Sambhuti principle in this verse. The first two um, lines of this verse are the Vinasha principle and the next are the Sambhuti principle. From the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest, all are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place. That is Vishnu. But one who attains to Maya Bodo, son of Kunti, never takes birth again. That is Amrita, Sambhuti Amrita Mashnu. If you remember, if you remember the verse, Sambhutya Amritam, Sambhutya Amritam. See that? So that Sambhutya and Amritam means Sambhutya in the eternal kingdom of God. And Amritam means deathlessness. So this is exactly the opposite of Vinasha or destruction. Oh, oh. Now you According to these laws, I mean the material laws of creation and destruction, there are these six transformations. Even the Brahmas of which there are millions in, in different universes are all liable to death either today or tomorrow. Therefore, the entire material world is called Martyaloka, the place of death. Material scientists and persons are trying to make this place deathless because they have no information of, of the deathless spiritual nature. This is important. By nature, we are deathless. And that is the reason why we want to be eternal. Why are these promises of, you know, say, um, what is that? Oh, we're going to have a life of 120, 130, 150 years and all these promises, why are they even coming out? Why is that the tenet of the material scientists? Because the whole is actual natural stage, uh, state, it, the soul is, we are all eternal and that's exactly why we tend towards eternity. That means we want to be eternal, we want to be long-lived, you know. Nobody likes if somebody says, oh, may you die tomorrow. You know, no, nobody, right? You know, everybody say, wants the benediction that, oh, may you live long. Although, that long life is full of miseries, they still live long. You see? Even though that long life is going to be miserable, in the old age is going to be miserable, but they don't think about all these things. They just want to live long. And they think life will be like this, as it is now. You know, youthful and everything. So, they think like that. And they want to live long. Um, in fact, in India, you know, anybody's birthday, they say, Oh, wish you many happy returns of the day. I never really understood why why it was said like that. 
all my childhood until even just very recently. I never even thought about it. Why do, why do people say like that in India? Wish you many happy returns of the day. What is the meaning? So I was just breaking down. I mean, trying to understand with English because I never really put thought to it. I just heard it and that's how people used to wish everybody in on birthdays or something like that. Many wish you many happy returns of the day, many happy returns of the day. But then, many happy returns of the day. Why, why do they even say like that? Then I was just, just about two years back when I was actually thinking about it. Why do actually people say like that? Many happy returns. Oh, okay. Then I, then it clicked in my head. Oh, many happy returns of the day. So many times, may this birthday return many times. That means, okay, may you live very long. So that's when I understood it was, oh, okay, that's that's what it means. Because I didn't, never really thought, I mean, put thought to it. But if you really put any thought, I think you will, you will understand. So, Swati Mataji is saying, more lagging. Ah, what can I do? I just can go on and hope it become alright because I don't know what I can do here. I have no idea. Huh. Probably some files have to be deleted or something like that. I don't know. I think we will uh, settle that tomorrow. But today I think you have to bear with this a little more. I'm sorry about that. I'll try to see what I can do. So anyway, um, coming to point. So people want to stay long in this material world. So that's not unnatural because that is the natural state of the soul. To die is unnatural because that is not within our actual or healthy state of life, eternal state of life. So that's why we all try to resist or combat death. The only problem is that the materialist looks for that permanent solution or settlement in the wrong place. He wants permanent settlement in the abode of temporariness or vinasham or the abode of destruction. In the abode of destruction, this material world, he wants to be eternal. That is the wrong uh, path to take. That is the mistake. We are not really after, um, I mean, we are not saying that to try to become immortal, to try to have a long life, that is bad. No, that is good. To try to have eternal life, try to live as long as one can. Actually, because they do not know that they are eternal, they think they want to live until 130 or 140 years. But if given a chance, they would always want to live for eternity, right? And actually, they will live for eternity, just that they do not know about it. So, so-called scientific and technological advancement promising these things in the future, we are condemning that not because of the desire to stay that long, but the condemnation is of the place where it is being uh, uh, looked for. I mean, the eternity in the abode of temporariness. That is the mistake. Because he, um, any spiritualist or materialist, they want to go towards eternity and bliss and knowledge. The spiritualist is also after these three things. The materialist is also after these three things. This materialist also wants knowledge. That's why he's exploring space exploration. You know, exploring means you want to have more knowledge. I know, not only space, I mean in, in every field, they want to push the frontiers of knowledge and then they want to go further, further. And they want to become happy. And they want to uh, be eternal. So they want 
they want to have a longer and longer life as much as possible if it's possible eternity yes they want eternity as well but that's exactly what the spiritualists are also after both are after the same thing eternity knowledge and bliss but the process the place in which they are looking for that is the difference the spiritualists they look for in the kingdom of god krishna in the vaikuntha loka whereas the materialists look for look for it in the material world the example again of the tree and its reflection now in the on the tree there are the fruits suppose a mango tree so there is the mango fruit and um in the reflection of the tree in the water suppose the tree is in the, in the, the bank of a lake in the in the, in the lake i mean the, on the surface of the lake there's a reflection of the real tree and the tree is upside down and the the reflection of the mangoes are also there in the i mean the mangoes are also reflected in the in the water now two people are after the mango one who climbs the tree and one who wants to take the mango that is in the reflection both want mango but the one who looks for the mango in the real tree he is intelligent whereas the other person who is looking for it in the reflection he is foolish so it although the the end goal is the same the process is completely different and one process is doomed to failure and the other process is guaranteed success even if one temporarily fails in the process of spiritual realization especially bhakti yoga which is the actual process of self realization even if there is a little bit of failure halfway across the mark or even 1% into the into the path there is no loss uh, we can continue from where we left off in the next life we can start from 2% in the next life so there is guaranteed success here and in the material path there is guaranteed failure now it's just up to us what path we need to take therefore in today's verse it is said sambhutim cha vinasham cha yastad vedo bhayam saha we should know both Uh, not that we should only know that mango on the tree we should also know about the mango in the reflection and we should be careful not to be uh, attracted or not to be distracted by that reflection so both we should know and then and that both when we say we, we should know material knowledge and spiritual knowledge it does not mean that we should go to the material universities and learn under the material professors about this material knowledge no because they do not know the real situation material world they have some wrong idea of what material world is they think it can be made into a better place of of eternity knowledge and bliss they think like that so we should not take knowledge from them about the material world but rather we should take knowledge from krishna himself who is the creator of both spiritual and material worlds and that is the way to go because he is the engineer for everything anyway as then we will have proper knowledge so even that material knowledge although this is said today this should not be mistaken one should know perfectly krishna and the and the, and the material world i mean the spiritual and the material one should not think that oh wow that's good so i will go to university and then learn all the material knowledge and then i'll become a devotee and i'll have spiritual knowledge so in this way i will balance both that is not the idea here because even about the material world only the supreme lord can actually explain what the material world is in the material the, the the soul's condition in this material world they not tell us what the material world is they will have imperfect knowledge of it so the material scientists and politicians are trying to make this place deathless because they have no information of the deathless spiritual nature 
This is due to their ignorance of the Vedic literature which contains full knowledge confirmed by mature transcendental experience. Not only knowledge but by experience. This is called Jnanam and Vijnanam. Vijnanam means experience of the knowledge. So that's why Krishna said, whatever I am saying Arjuna is not just some fantasy I am telling you, but it is a, people have actually experienced this. In the 4th chapter 10th verse he says, Vitaraga bhaya krodha manmaya mamupashrita bahavogyana tapasa putamadbhava magata. Being freed from attachment, fear, and anger, being fully absorbed in me and taking refuge in me, many, many persons in the past became purified by knowledge of me and thus they all attained transcendental love for me. They have actually gone. Putamadbhava magata. They have come. Transcendental love for me means they have attained the spiritual world. Because only when you have love for Godhead, then you are admitted into the spiritual world. Otherwise, you are not admitted. None of us will be admitted. So, they have all already reached the spiritual world. It is not a fan. I am explaining to you, Arjuna. People have already made good use of this path and they have already attained the spiritual nature. They have already attained Sambhuti and they have crossed this ocean of Vinasha. Hmm. So therefore it is said, um, this is, people do not have information of the deathless spiritual nature. This is due to their ignorance of the Vedic literature which contains full knowledge confirmed by mature transcendental experience. Unfortunately, modern man is averse to receiving knowledge from the Vedas, Puranas and other scriptures. From the Vishnu Puran, 6th Kanto, 7th chapter, 61st verse, we receive the following information. Vishnu Shakti Para Prokta Kshetragnya Khya Tathapara Lord Vishnu, the personality of Godhead, possesses different energies known as para, superior, and apara, inferior. The living entities belong to the superior energy. The material energy in which we are presently entangled is the inferior energy, which covers the living entities with ignorance, avidya, and induces them to perform fruitive activities. This is all avidya. So, the Vidya platform is the Sat-Chit. Chit means full of knowledge. Knowledge means Vidya. So, it is attained in the spiritual world, real knowledge. That is Vidya platform. But this material world is Vinasha, a Vidya platform. So, that is why the uh, spiritual world is called uh, superior, Parakriti, and material world is called Aparaprakriti. Yet, there is another part of the Lord's superior energy that is different from both this material inferior energy and the living entities. That superior energy constitutes the eternal deathless abode of the Lord. So, the three energies are internal, external and marginal. But that marginal is actually spiritual energy, which we are, which are, we are now trapped in material. But there is another spiritual energy which is the abode of the Lord. And that is beyond this material universe. And that is in the spiritual world and that's where we belong. Hmm. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 8, text 20. Parastasmatu bhavonyo vyakto vyaktat sanatanaha yahasa sarva bhuteshu nashyatsu na vinashyati. See, na vinashyati. Now, sambhuti and vinasham, right? Today's topic. So, this sanatana is sambhuti. The Lord is Sanatan, we are Sanatan, the abode of the Lord is Sanatan, the name of the Lord is Sanatan, pastimes are Nitya Leela, therefore they are also Sanatan. Everything about the Lord is Sanatana, that means eternal. 
संभूती वेर एज विनश्यती इज नश्यत्सु न विनश्यति न विनश्यति मीन्स इन द स्पिरिचुअल वर्ल्ड देर इज नो विनाश विनाश मीन्स डिस्ट्रक्शन सो नश्यत्सु मीन्स डिस्ट्रक्शन वैन इट बिकम्स डिस्ट्रॉइड सो इन दिस वर्ल्ड एवरीथिंग इज नश्यत्सु विच इज विनाशम सो दैट इज द टेम्पररी नेचर ऑफ दिस मेटीरियल वर्ल्ड सो वॉट इट सेज एट डॉट ट्वेंटी all the material planets upper lower and intermediary including the sun moon and venus are scattered throughout the universe these planets exist only during the lifetime of brahma actually this is not exactly the translation the translation is here he is paraphrasing it there you see parastasmatu bhavonyo vyakto vyaktat sanatana yasya sarveshu bhuteshu nashatsuna vinashati 8.20 bhagavad gita what is this yet there is another unmanifest nature which is eternal and is transcendental to this manifested and unmanifested matter it is supreme and is never annihilated when all in this world is annihilated that part remains as it is so annihilation means vinasham destruction so all the material planets upper lower and intermediate including the sun moon and venus are scattered throughout the universe these planets exist only during the lifetime of brahma some lower planets however are vanquished after the end of one day of brahma and are again created during the next day of brahma as we know until the swargaloka the heavenly planets all the the planets are created during the day of brahma they stay and at the night they are destroyed so how this world this material world is vinasha or the above destruction it is prabhupada is explaining in the purport here its destruction means not that it will be destroyed at the end of brahma once but there is repeated destruction bhutva bhutva praliyate there is pralaya every time there is often there is pralaya at an, at the end of an, brahma's day there is pralaya and the end of brahma's life there is mahapralaya which is the supreme destruction of the entire universe but even not just at the end of brahma's day even even every time there is there are small small pralayas like for example there was the atomic bomb in hiroshima and nagasaki in japan that is pralaya in fact the scientist who created the that nuclear bomb he was reading bhagavad gita and he read the verse kalosmi lokakshaya krit pravridho time i am the destroyer of the worlds and he is thinking that he is the destroyer and you know, he you know in his own way he interpreted it but anyway he also read the bhagavad gita <coughs> you know that is also a pralaya and every time there is a tsunami so many you know towns and houses and households and people they are destroyed that is also pralaya destruction there is war or there is sometimes like this uh, pandemic there are so many causes of uh, pralaya in this material world and sometimes there is famine drought there is no food supply and people die of hunger that is another pralaya and even if nothing like that happens our death is also destruction is a destruction of our entire life whatever we have created in this world so repeatedly there is destruction and also just like when brahma's uh, night there is destruction there is nothing that is remaining just as in brahma's night there is destruction of this material world in a very small way in our night when we sleep 
there is no more our activities all come to a standstill they are temporarily still i mean it doesn't there is nothing going on so that is a very temporary destruction you know it cannot be continued eternally our activities so even in the death it is stopped so similarly there is also like that the um in the day in the night of brahma but that that destruction is much more severe than our so called dream only <clears throat> so here it is said some lower planets however are vanquished after the end of one day of brahma and are again created during the next day of brahma on the upper planets time is calculated differently one of our years is equal to only 24 hours on or one day and night on many of the upper planets the four ages of earth satya treta dwapara and kali last only 12000 years according to the time scale of the upper planets in the in the demigod planets such a length of time multiplied by 1000 constitutes one day of brahma and one night of brahma is the same such days and nights accumulate into months and years and brahma lives for 100 such years at the end of brahma's life the complete universal manifestation is vanquished those living beings who reside on higher planets like the sun and the moon as well as those on martyloka on uh, this earth planet and also those who live on lower planets all are merged into the waters of devastation during the night of brahma during this time no living beings or species remain manifest although spiritually they continue to exist you see that at the night of brahma this is what happens they are all the species as we know them in the material bodies they are not there you see but the souls they exist they exist still <clears throat> this unmanifested stage is called avyakta the souls are just suspended for one night of brahma we have been through this many many times many many nights of brahma we have all passed we are thinking wow so long they suspended not they we we also we were there in that how many nights of brahma now brahma is of the age of 50 years old is just um, going into his 51st year and for 50 years every day of brahma Uh, how many you know 360 days 365 times um here is calculated as 360 because um that's how it's calculated 360 times 50 there is 18000 days of brahma that means 18000 nights of brahma given the i mean assuming that we have been here since the beginning of this universe actually we have been even other universes prior to this creation of this universe we have been existing even in other universes before this just imagine how long we have been here like that you know and for what we have been here just some meaningless sense gratification for some food for some sex for some what um, uh, all the sensory gratification eating mating sleeping uh, sleeping to sleep we have come here uh, to pass stool to pass urine for this reason we have stayed here in this material world for so long when when we are manifest as, as in the material bodies then we have been suffering the pains of birth death old age and disease repeatedly and repeatedly and when the night of brahma comes or even worse when the death of brahma happens you know how long we are suspended till the next creation 
the entire life of Brahma. Because this is breath of Narayana, Mahavishnu, right? When he is exhaling, all the universes are coming into being, existing. And when he is inhaling, all the universes are going back. So, that one breath is 311 trillion 40 billion years, which is the lifetime of Brahma. And then for the next breath to again come, again 311, just like Brahma's one day is, you know, 4.32 billion years, his night is also 4.32 billion years. Usually we take the same time to breathe in and breathe out, to inhale and exhale, right? So, how much time it takes to exhale and takes to inhale is almost the same time. So, if we exist for 311 trillion 40 billion years and that is the exhalation period of Mahavishnu and the inhalation time is also the same and so for 311 trillion 40 billion years we are just suspended we just merged into the body of Mahavishnu and waiting there for the next creation to happen and when next creation happens we again come out hmm? just imagine how much time we have wasted and for what reward? Is it even worth it? What is the real big thing that is so valuable for which we, are, we have been staying here for that long? So we have to reflect on these things. Uh, just for birth, death, old age, disease, for eating, sleeping, mating, defending, just for this we have stayed for so long. So that is our foolishness. Hmm. And still with science, science and technology we want to stay longer in this material world. Now you understand how, how stupid these, these so-called advancements are. They are trying to prolong their material life. Already you have been, we have been here for millions and trillions of years and still they want to prolong and prolong and prolong with so-called science and technology. That also they cannot do properly. People are dying and they cannot save them. And again they are taking birth that they have no information of. So, how much ignorance is going on in the name of so-called knowledge and science, scientific and technological de development? So, during this time, no living beings or species, yes, so this we have read. Um, yes, our species remain manifest during the night of Brahma. This unmanifested stage is called Avyakta. Again, when the universe, its uh, entire universe is vanquished at the end of Brahma's lifetime, there is another Avyakta state, unmanifest state. But beyond these two unmanifested states is another unmanifested state, the spiritual atmosphere or nature. There are a great number of spiritual planets in this atmosphere and these planets exist eternally even when all the planets within this material world are vanquished at the end of Brahma's life. See that? So this is actually the translation of that 8.20, that verse of Bhagavad Gita. He explained in a very elaborate way. So you see, even when, okay, sorry. So even when the end of at the end of Brahma's life, uh, there is an avyakta. Avyakta means unmanifest. But there is another unmanifested nature, which is the spiritual world, which is never manifest. Manifest means to come into existence. It never comes into existence because it is already always in existence. 
it was never created at a certain point of time it, it was already there all the time we also were never created at any point we always were there all the time this is very difficult to understand because if some, something is existing it started somewhere right in time there is a start date it was manufactured at this time just like we have a birth date of birth so everything that exists was created at some point of time in this material world but to try to understand to imagine how can something exist without being created how can it always exist when did it start when did it start to exist we cannot comprehend how can something exist it's actually very difficult to understand this in our minds because we have been for so long for so many billions and billions of years we have been in this material world not just in this universe but in millions of universes we have been and all that conditioning all that conditioning we have been ingrained indoctrinated to think that everything has birth growth maintenance production of byproducts dwindling and vanishing we have this idea of everything we can't get out of this idea that how can something exist without ever starting to exist so that is exactly what we are as well we were never born we never die how can we exist when we were never born when did we when did we start to exist so these are very difficult things to comprehend with our limited intelligence which is a product of the material world which has a beginning on of its own <clears throat> there are many material universes each under the jurisdiction of a brahma and this cosmic manifestation within the jurisdiction of the various brahmas is but a display of one fourth of the energy of the lord ekapad vibhuti now try to understand this universe is controlled by the lord brahma and in this universe the lord brahma has four heads now according to the size of the universe the brahma will have the number of heads in order to have the um enough intelligence to control the entire universe so this particular universe is 4 billion um, 4 billion miles in diameter and therefore the brahma has four heads so this is considered to be one of the smallest universes in the entire material world man brahma only has four heads so when in the shrimad bhagavatam there is a description two times actually when lord brahma came to vrindavan to steal the cowherd boys and when he saw the lord at that time which is mentioned in the nectar of devotion it's not mentioned in the bhagavatam but in the nectar of devotion it is mentioned that at that time also he saw millions of brahmas and in the dwarka when he came you know there is a nice this nice story which happened in the krishna book you can read this in the bhagavatam 10th canto so brahma lord brahma went to see krishna in the dwarka so he went to the gate of the palace of krishna and the guard stopped him imagine stopping brahma you know who are you uh, i am brahma okay um he said uh, he, he the, the guard asked him uh, what what brahma oh i am the creator of the universe okay okay 
then he the let me ask the lord uh, and um, get back to you you wait here so the brahma had to wait at the gate you know so the message was passed to krishna and um, krishna was uh, informed uh, brahma has come and he is waiting at the gate of the palace oh which brahma then uh, the guard went back um he is asking you which brahma are you then the brahma was like what is that i am brahma i mean the lord of the universe who else as if there are many brahmas the lord, you know the four headed brahma tell him so he <laughs> he went back and told him it's the four headed brahma he said oh the four headed brahma okay ask him to come inside then the brahma lord brahma came inside and bowed down and you know he was you know pleased to see the lord and finally he asked the lord my dear lord why did you ask who which brahma i, I was what did you what did you mean by that then uh, then krishna smiled at him and as he was smiling at him from different parts of the you know it, the, the palace became so big i mean he was seeing like it's an ex- infinite expanse of space and innumerable brahmas were coming from everywhere from back front top bottom everywhere innumerable brahmas were coming and those brahmas were not just like this four headed brahma some brahmas had 10 heads some brahmas had 20 heads some 100 heads some 1000 heads some 10000 heads some million heads some 10 million billion heads trillion heads 10 trillion heads 100 trillion heads there was no limit to the heads you know how many and when all when all those brahmas came and they were bowing down to the at the feet of the lord the helmets of their innumerable heads were touching the ground and tumultuous sound it was so deafening for this lord brahma and the magic was that none of those brahmas could see another brahma they all could see only themselves and they thought that only they were seeing krishna and that's it none of them saw the other brahmas each of them were thinking i alone am seeing krishna but only this four headed brahma could see all the other brahmas at once he was so shocked he was, then he then after that all the brahmas asked him at the same time my dear lord what do you want from us from me everybody said the same thing with all their millions of mouths deafening sound you know that krishna just said no i just wanted to see you that's all now you can go back that's it <laughs> they all went back and this brahma was stunned i was thinking i was a big controller of this universe and i was you know such a big time person four heads you know and now i just feel like a small mouse in comparison with all these huge elephants then he said others may say that you know they have realized you let them say like that as far as i am concerned i have not understood anything about you this he said even the you know i think in the 14th chapter 10th canto i am just guessing here wild guess yeah wow that was bingo <laughs> 10:14:38 जानंत एव जानंत एव जानंतु 
जानंत एव जानंतु किंबा हुक्त्या नमे प्रभो मनसो वपुषो वाचो वैभवं तव गोचरः सी व्हाट इज सेइंग देयर आर पीपल हु से आई नो एवरीथिंग अबाउट कृष्णा लेट देम थिंक दैट वे एज फार एज आई एम कंसर्न आई डू नॉट विश टू स्पीक वेरी मच अबाउट दिस मैटर with his four heads he did not want to speak anything about this matter oh my lord let me say this much as far as your opulences are concerned they are all beyond the reach of my mind body and words this is what brahma has said with his four heads now here we are in this material world you know we think we know everything about god and everything about and especially hindus even more so so you just see the ignorance Huh? that is going on they think they know about krishna that's why when krishna says janma karma cha me divyam evam yo vetti tatvatah tyaktva deham punar janma naiti mameti sojuna one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving the body take birth take his birth again in this material world but attains my eternal abode o arjuna see that why krishna is saying one who one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities when brahma himself said i don't know anything about you when brahma himself said that why krishna is asking us to know who are we how can we how can how much can we know the difference is it is not with that four headed brain that we can understand krishna or even with those trillion headed brahmas you know with their trillions of heads and the trillions of brains they cannot understand krishna but if we take shelter of him and receive knowledge from him then we can understand as much as he has revealed to a certain extent <laughs> just enough for us to be rendering service to krishna that's why a devotee ah oh, there's a nice quote that prabhupad said you know in the fifth canto there is all about um the different planetary systems and how this whole universe was created and how the planets their their speeds of orbits and everything is mentioned there are so many things the this, i mean the, the description of this universe the planetary systems has been mentioned and for an for a materialist that is very interesting and he wants to know more and more and more but at one point you will feel that this knowledge is inadequate when you are reading the fifth canto you will see that oh i have still have so many more doubts it's not completely revealed so once uh, i don't remember the exact words that prabhupad said but if i would have had that exact quotation of prabhupad i would have taken it out i have just read it um few days ago and before also so some devotee he wanted to ask he he asked prabhupad to know more detail about this detail and that detail and this detail then prabhupad said it's not our we are not interested in all these things in all these details this is in this is mentioned so that just to satisfy our curiosity that what is this you know but you know what is you know because why there is space exploration why they are so itching to go to space uh, spending billions of dollars because they have the curiosity to know what is there in the space and to satisfy that curiosity 
there is these descriptions there are these descriptions in the bhagavatam so that we don't have to waste those billions of dollars and you know years and lifetimes just perfecting the art of going to into space but rather read about that in a few chapters get all the knowledge more than what the scientists can can get and don't delve so much into this because ultimately our point is not to know all these things we can never really know the extent of even this material world what to speak of the spiritual world and the creator of both so we have to quickly come to the point of accepting the supremacy of god the whole idea is oh there are these millions of planets and you know all these orbits the speed of the planets everything is given like the sun moves in its orbits at at the speed of 16000 kilometers a second that's the speed of the sun that's also mentioned so there's so many things mentioned you know so all these things are there are there are interesting facts but then we should come to a point where all right if this much i mean if just okay just forget about every other planet and just look at that sun planet which is moving at 16000 kilometers a second and a great fireball that it is and even our earth that is moving in the in its own orbit so all these things who has even put this into place we are struggling to create these spacecrafts and trying to perfect the taking off and the landing and still so many crash landings are happening whereas there is no crash there is you know perfect movement of the huge spacecrafts called planets how is all this happening so it it should it should go to that level of questioning and then eventually you should be researching on god so not too much delving into this you know what is going on in this material world and that, that's not the real point of explaining those topics in the vedas so prabhupada said we are not interested in all this in details actually we cannot really unfathom how this whole material world is even created even this one universe how it is created we don't even know the whole point is not to even know that the whole point is to turn our attention to the lord who has created this magnificent universe which can't even be understood by, with, with our intelligence so that's the whole point so we should know enough to serve krishna and continue in that service without deviation therefore he said janma karma chame divyam you should know about my activities and my birth uh when he reveals then we can know so that's why he is revealing in bhagavatam by coming down in the, into this earth he is enacting his pastimes he is revealing to the world his pastimes how he is creating or how he is his pastimes everything is revealing in this vedic knowledge with our head we cannot understand brahma was trying to understand krishna with his head and he was proud that he is is the is the brahma krishna has told him that you are not the brahma you are one of the many many brahmas and for your information the smallest one in all of them brahma's pride was crushed krishna knows how to crush our pride whenever we have it and he will crush it to powder mm. yeah. so <laughs> that is krishna so we have to understand how small actually we are and how big this whole grand arrangement is but entirely it will be um, destroyed therefore as krishna said we'll just go to this verse and come back 10.42 of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Well, Arjuna, Athava bahunayatena, Kim gyanatena tava Arjuna, Vishtabhyaham midam krishnam, Ekam shenasthito jagat. But what need is there, Arjuna, for all these detailed knowledge about this material world he was speaking about? With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. So what do you want to know? How much do you want to know about me? 
even if I were to talk for eternity, you will never understand still. Hmm. That is the extent of my glories. Just know this much that with a single tiny fragment of myself, I support this entire universe. And therefore, just now in the purport, it is said that this is Ekapad Vibhuti. Ekapad Vibhuti means one-fourth of the total creation or energy of, of Krishna, this material world. Whatever we see in this universe and whatever we can't see in this universe, that is just one universe which is like one mustard seed in a bag of mustard seeds. And that whole bag of mustard seeds of universes with its millions and trillions and trillions of Brahmas, each with trillions and billions of heads and whatever, all that is the material world. And that is only one-fourth of his energy. The rest, three-fourths of his energy is in the spiritual world. And just imagine, if this material world is so big and this is only one-fourth, what will the three-fourths be? It is said, that in the three-fourths, that the spiritual energy, there are innumerable Vaikuntha planets, more numerous than the number of universes in the material world. And each Vaikuntha planet is bigger than the entire material world combined, with all the universes combined. Each Vaikuntha planet is bigger. And Krishna Loka, the Goloka Vrindavan, is the biggest, it is so big, that all the Vaikuntha Lokas together are smaller than the Krishna Loka. Now just try to fathom this whole thing. God is not in some remote part, in one small corner, not like that. That Goloka Vrindavan and the whole Vaikuntha region is enormously big. We are in that small corner, which is, which is just like the example is given. The sky is vast. Sky is so big. But the cloud is very small. Sometimes the whole sky is covered with cloud, right? The cloud appears very big, right? But actually, if you go out, if you zoom out from the earth and look at those clouds, cloud is, the whole earth itself with all its clouds and whatever, whatever it is, is just one small speck of dust in the infinite space of this material world. So the cloud is actually very, very small. It only appears big because of our we are covered by it. Our vision is covered by it. And therefore, it appears so big. But it appears to cover not only the sun, but the entire sky. And sun looks like one small spot in the sky. And that is just like covered with the entire cloud, which is so big. But actually, the sun is so big and the earth is so small. And in that, the cloud is so small. But we are just covered by that. That's why it appears the biggest. Our defective vision, you see that? So that's why we we, we have this um, distorted view of the whole uh, existence. Because we see from our minute perspective everything in a much different way than Krishna sees it. You know? uh, <clears throat> we think this material world is big and then Krishna is somewhere very far in one spot, one small planet called Goloka Vrindavan, somewhere. No. That is the overbearing existence actually. We are in that minute existence. Just like the sun is huge and the cloud is so small. So this material world is like the cloud which is just like covering our vision of Krishna. But otherwise, whoa, this is this is just Ekpad Vibhuti. <clears throat> this is the inferior energy. Beyond the jurisdiction of Brahma is the spiritual nature which is called Tripad Vibhuti. Three-fourths of the Lord's energy. This is the superior energy or Paraprakriti. 
the predominating supreme person yeah i think the incident of brahma visiting krishna in dwarka i think is mentioned in the chaitanya charitamrita i think probably yeah maybe not tenth kanda <coughs> but there is a nectar of devotion also where um, krishna in the brahma vimohan leela when he stole the cowherd boys then also it it happened in the 10 1438 was was it anyway the predominating so the the spiritual nature is called tripad vibhuti which is a three fourths energy of, of the lord which is a superior energy of paraprakriti the predominating supreme person residing within the material uh, sorry the spiritual nature is lord sri krishna as confirmed in the bhagavad gita 8.22 he can be approached only by unalloyed devotional service and not by the processes of jnana philosophy yoga mysticism or karma fruitive work uh, what is that um even 1855 bhaktya forget how come i forgot it was matta smriti jnanam apohanam cha 1855 bhaktya maam abhijanati yavan yaschasmi tatvatah you see one can understand me as i am as a supreme personality of godhead only by devotional service i thought this was the only verse in bhagavad gita which says this but krishna i mean prabhupad has mentioned 8.22 purushah saparah partha bhaktya labhyastvananyaya see that bhaktya labhyastvananyaya yasyantah sthani bhutani yena sarvam idam tatam the supreme personality of godhead who is greater than all is attainable by unalloyed devotion so here also it is mentioned the same thing bhaktyaham ekaya grahya kanto 11 chapter 14 text 21 and bhaktya maam abhijanati 18.55 and this 822 also purusha saparah partha bhaktya labhyastvananyaya is all pervading and everything is situated within him so he can be approached only by analog devotion and not by the processes of jnana yoga or karma the karmis or fruitive workers can elevate themselves to the swargaloka planets which include the sun and the moon jnanis and yogis can attain still higher planets such as maharloka tapaloka and brahmaloka and when they become still more qualified through devotional service they can enter into the spiritual nature either the illuminating cosmic atmosphere of the spiritual sky brahman or the vaikuntha planets according to their qualification it is certain however that no one can enter into the spiritual vaikuntha planets without being trained in devotional service so according to the qualification they will they will be either be in the spiritual brahma jyoti in the sky spiritual sky suspended as one particle of the infinite rays of krishna that is impersonal merging into the absolute truth so that's where they will end up or if they are trained in devotional service they are admitted into the vaikuntha planets they get visa they get visa to enter into the vaikuntha planets otherwise they have no visa they will just have to be suspended in the spiritual sky so the visa for entering into the vaikuntha planets is devotional service they have to be trained in devotional service otherwise they cannot enter restricted entry <coughs> on the material planets everyone from da- brahma down to the ant is trying to lord it over material nature and this is the material disease we all want to be the lord here that's our disease as long as this material disease continues the living entity has to undergo the process of bodily change whether he takes the form of a man 
demigod or animal, he ultimately has to endure an unmanifested condition during the two devastations. You see this. Whether he takes the form of a man, demigod or animal, he ultimately has to endure an unmanifested condition during the two devastations. The devastation during the night of Brahma and the devastation at the end of Brahma's life. So at which time we are in the unmanifest stage. We are just like a small spiritual atom, the size of one ten thousandth, the tip of the hair, that small and just waiting for the next creation to happen at Brahma's daytime. Just waiting. And then when Brahma dies, we are waiting for the for the entire duration of equivalent to the Brahma's lifetime, we are waiting for the next creation to happen. So this is is how we are waiting, as if waiting for something important that's worth it, right? If you are in a big queue, say for example, and you are waiting, and if at the end of the queue you are just going to get some, you know, some keychain or some soft toy, you know, like those, those, those teddy bear and all that, you know, meaningless stuff. And if you are, you know, um, waiting in a queue, like millions of people in the queue, billions of people. And for like maybe three, four years, you have to wait for, just say three, four years. You know, you have to wait. And then once you get to the, at the end of the queue, then you are gifted. Yay, take this soft toy. How do you, how do you like that? Is it even worth waiting for something that um, meaningless? But we have been waiting. <laughs> we are that foolish people. We are, we are laughing now, but that, that, that is our foolishness. We have been waiting all that while patiently. Okay, let the creation happen. Okay, I am waiting. And when, once it happens, what we, are, what we are doing? Eating, sleeping, mating, defending, passing urine, passing stool. This is what we are doing in this world. And for just this small thing, we have waited so long. And waiting and waiting, millions of, not just once. Not just once this happened. 18,000 days of Brahma have passed. 18,000 times 4.32 billion years. Calculate. You know, what kind of nonsense we have done in this world. And that is just this Brahma. And what about before this universe? Unimaginable. For such a small, partly paltry sense gratification, we have done so much, we have been patient. And now, when we come to Krishna consciousness, we are impatient. We want perfection immediately. How is that possible? We have to be so patient for this. Of course, Krishna is. He said, I am the swift deliverer. He said in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 12, 6.7, I mean 6th and 7th verses. Yastu sarvani karmani mayasanyas yamat paraha ananyenaiva yogena mamthyayanta upasate tesha maham samudharta mrityusam sarasagarat bhavani nachirat partha mayaveshita chetasam but those who worship me, giving up all their activities unto me and being devoted to me without deviation, engaged in devotional service and always meditating upon me, having fixed their minds upon me, O son of Pritha, for them, I am the swift deliverer from the ocean of birth and death. Swift, when he says swift, very swift. Compared to our long wait in this material world that we have done for sense gratification. So swift means, not like, you know, oh, I chanted Prabhu today 16 rounds. Where is Krishna? I still cannot see him. Where, where is the spiritual world? Where is all that thing you have said? <laughs> Prabhupada said, yes, one second is enough to become Krishna conscious. One second. But the thing is, we have not given up our material life. That's why it is taking millions of years. You know, that's why it's taking so long. So, even then, just imagine, for now, some of you must have been in, in the Krishna consciousness movement for one year. Or for a few months. Or some of you are here for a few years. Some of you for a few decades. 
centuries no i mean we don't live that long but you know this long we have been right so many years this is just compared to compared to what we have waited for our eating sleeping mating and defending this is so fast and just see what the progress you have made from when you were a non devotee what were you and now what are you in your consciousness in your habits you know no meat eating no illicit sex no gambling no intoxication and your your uh, love for krishna your you know your the purity that you experience now is much more than what was you know in beginning when you started off so we can always see that change compared comparatively so we have come some distance of course we still have lot to perfect in our lives but you know we have come some distance it's not it's not completely you know nothing is happening yeah sometimes it does happen like that that a devotee is like so called devotee with i mean for 30 40 years you know but nothing changes why because he is not taken it seriously in bahujanma kare kare jodi shravana kirtan tabutana pay krishna pade premadhan not only 30 years it is said if one is infested with the 10 offenses in the chanting of the hare krishna maha mantra despite his endeavor to chant the holy name for many births he will not get the love of godhead that is the ultimate goal of this chanting he will not get if you are committing offenses we will not get this ha huh? so therefore we have to seize our offenses we must sincerely try then there will be progress yes then on the material plan planets yeah everyone from brahma down to the ant is trying to lord it over material nature okay we have read all this so the devastation we have we have to endure the two devastations the brahma's night and brahma's uh, and the end of brahma's life if we want to put an end to this process of repeated birth and death as well as the concomitant factors of old age and disease we must try to enter the spiritual planets where we can live eternally in the association of lord krishna or his planetary expansions his narayana forms lord krishna or his planetary expansions dominate every one of these innumerable planets in the spiritual world every vaikuntha planet is dominated by a narayana different forms of narayana see a fact confirmed in the shruti mantras eko vashi sarvagah krishna idyah ekopi san bahudha yo vabhati gopala tapani upanishad first mandala third chapter 21st verse no one can dominate krishna it is the conditioned soul who tries to dominate material nature and is instead subjected to the laws of material nature and the sufferings of repeated birth and death the lord comes here to reestablish the principles of religion and the basic principle is the development of an attitude of surrender to him so in the religion the real religion means to develop an attitude of surrender to him 1866 that is explained here this is the lord's last instruction in the bhagavad gita 18.66 sarva dharman parityajya mamekam sharanam vraja give up all other processes and just surrender unto me alone unfortunately foolish men have misinterpreted this prime teaching and misled the masses of people in diverse ways people have been urged to open hospitals but not to educate themselves to enter into the spiritual kingdom by devotional service i'll give you an example i have given this example a few times before but this example is when i met with this lady 
when I was distributing books on the street, I met this lady. Um, she had some little knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, but then she learned it from Mayavadi sources, Mayavad sources. Then um, she said, I said, because um, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that we have to surrender to him. Sarvadharman Parityajaya Shodhadavas. So there Krishna says what? You see here. Give up all other processes, processes and just surrender unto me alone. Right? So she said, this Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan, we are actually non-different from Bhagavan. This is because Mayavad philosophy is like this. We are one with God. Now just that we have forgotten it. Now we have to remember it. And that's why when we see the word surrender to me, because I am reading it, surrender to me. So I have to surrender to myself. We are not surrendering to ourselves. We have to, so we have to actually surrender to ourselves. And then we will be realizing the, that we are actually infinite. Talking like nonsense like this. So, um, then I said, okay ma'am, that's good. So, let me say this. So, when you see surrender to me means, that surrender to me, right? I mean yourself, right? Okay. I will give all my money to you. I am saying this to you. I am, I will give all my money to you. So, when you hear it, it is, I will give all my money to you. So, you will give me all your money to me? Is, is that what it is? Huh? If somebody is saying surrender to me means, you have to surrender to him. How can you say this means, when you are reading it, surrender to me, so it is surrender to me. What kind of foolish creature you are? Then I will say, I, I will give all my money to you. Then that means, you are saying, I will give all my money to you. So give all your money to give me. Now what? No, 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 it's not like that. Uh, then then what? Now now it is not like that when it comes to money. When, when it comes to God, yes, anything is possible. Any, any nonsense is, interpretation is possible. Is it? What kind of nonsense is that? You know. So then she got different. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> then she went away. I think she took a, one small book. At least some book went, you know. <clears throat> but this is this is the this is how they are, you know, thinking these people. Unfortunately, foolish men have misinterpreted this prime teaching and misled the masses of people in diverse ways. People have been urged to open hospitals, um, but not educate themselves to enter into the spiritual kingdom by devotional service. They have been taught to take interest only in temporary relief work, which can never bring real happiness to the living entity. And actually, those charitable organizations, oh, I have built hospitals, I have built schools in Africa. These are just like, just make sure, you know, just to make, just to make us believe that they are doing something, you know. Hmm. You know, so, this is actually useless service. The real thing is to give them spiritual knowledge. First of all, if I don't have it, how can I give others? So, we have to first, Janma Sarthakori Karo Paropakar. They want to do Paropakar to everybody, but they don't know how, actually how to, uh, you know, perfect their own life and they want to perfect other people's lives. This is like trying to save somebody who is drowning without myself knowing how to swim. This is, this is, the, this is the kind of thing they are doing. And, they, and it's, it's put on a pedestal. The so-called charitable activities are put on a pedestal. Oh, I have done charity. I have, I have given charity. Oh, big deal. What is that? What is, what is this charity all about? 
just uh, you know taking care of the bodily necessities the soul is suffering and repeated birth and death nothing they are not even thinking they have been taught to take interest only in temporary relief work which can never bring real happiness to the living entity they start varieties of public and semi governmental institutions to tackle the devastating power of nature see there why they are doing all this charity because they want to tackle the devastating power of nature but they don't know how to pacify insurmountable nature mamevaya prapadyante mayametam tarantite we have to surrender to krishna without that they're not going to succeed but when we say this they will try to silence us they don't want this <clears throat> many men are advertised as great scholars of the bhagavad gita but they overlook the gita's message which by which material nature can be pacified the scholars of gita <laughs> but in that gita it is said mamevaya prapadyante mayametam tarantite only by surrender to krishna can you cross but that they cannot understand the what kind of scholar they are but they are passed passed as great scholars they pass as great scholars in this world huh? so they overlook the gita's message by which material nature can be pacified powerful nature can be pacified only by awakening of god consciousness as clearly pointed out in bhagavad gita 7.14 in this mantra sri ishopanishad teaches that one must perfectly know both sambhuti the personality of godhead and vinasha the temporary material manifestation side by side by knowing the material manifestation alone one cannot be saved for in the course of nature there is devastation at every moment ahanya hani bhutani gachanti hayamalayam this is the this is the thing by knowing the material manifestation alone one cannot be saved this is why material education is useless absolutely useless in saving us from um uh, this cycle of birth and death absolutely useless we can have more information about material nature from from krishna to use some skills in krishna consciousness that's another thing hmm. but that also need not have a degree nowadays you can learn practical skills even online if you want hmm. even if you want to you know say how to live stream even you know now that i'm live streaming like this people usually how they live stream they'll put a phone and then they will live stream from the phone so you just see the person's face but this screen here this is a a little higher production value so this is more advanced you just can't do with a phone like that so how to do all these things this is needs some technical know how i don't need a degree for this though this is just little bit you can learn on, on the internet and then you can learn how to do it so it is just these are you know practical skills that we need we can always learn and actually many things are there in the vedas already how sanjaya got this telecast from the telecast from the uh, what is that kurukshetra so this was already there before in the yogic way it was done before it is not it is not there of course in kaliyuga you know we are not as powerful so we have these devices fine use it in krishna's service it's not that we have to go out of our way spend years and years in universities where you know we associate the the main thing is not the knowledge you know not just the knowledge that we are getting from there and which is by the way most of it is not usable anyway after the university is finished if not any, if any if any is at all usable most of it is not usable if any at all and the main thing is not just that we are associating with those materialists and that association you know brings us into all kinds of contamination we have distorted views of the world and our life because of that even if we are devotees if you are going to those places 
and workplace, you know, when we associate too intimately with them and make friends and, you know, giggle and laugh about useless things and, you know, discuss useless things, we will have a distorted view of, even though we may be devotees, for example, the children, even if they are devotees' children, for example, when they go to universities, yes, they have some Krishna conscious background, but then they will not be strong in that determination. And they will have also some material ideas and spiritual ideas all mixed up, you know, like a khichdi. And actually it becomes a khachda, which, is, which means garbage. So, that, that, that will be the result. The real thing is to understand that we are actually the soul and nothing to do with this material body. And we don't need any of this, this, this universe. This is just a, it's just a farce. It's just a system of maya. It's just a system that is developed by all the kalichelas. Why should we subscribe to that? And, you know, why should we even take that seriously? You know, having understood what is spiritual life, right? <clears throat> Sometimes, you know, <laughs> random, you know, some, some not very advanced yet, just like, you know, coming into devotional service and something like that. And sometimes even devotees. You know, they say, Prabhu, I just got admitted into this or I, I just got some good grades. You know, or exam is coming, so please bless me, Prabhu. And I, I want to get good grades. I said, I always tell them, this is not at all a blessing. Okay, you are getting entangled in this material world by thinking that oh, you you have done very well, and then you will pursue even more, pursue even more. You're, where is your pursuance of spiritual life? How much? How many rounds are you chanting, Prabhu? Now it is difficult, Prabhu, because exams are coming. No, so I cannot chant so many. Uh, then you are becoming failure, and then you want me to bless. First of all, I have no power to bless anything. I am a fallen soul. Huh? I need blessings. But asking blessings for egg, passing examinations or getting admission into some university or you know some whatever it is, these are not blessings at all. These are not blessings at all. Jadavidya Jatam Mayar Vaibhav. And even if one is you know, uh, you know a straight A student or you know GPA 4.0 or you know di- distinction you know, like doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It is their standards of what is great. That means, you know what, what it is actually? They will give you a gold medal. Oh, academics, you know, number one. That means what? Wow, you are a first class Shudra. Congratulations. You can really go into these companies and then become a first class Shudra. Congratulations. They just put an award for becoming, a, you know, qualified to become a Shudra. So, that's what it is, basically. You know, real knowledge is when we understand Vedas from the spiritual, bona fide spiritual master. That is what should be, um, uh, what is that, uh, put on a pedestal because that actually deserves the pedestal, right? This material knowledge doesn't deserve any pedestal. It is a, it is an impediment in the service of the Lord. The time is lost. The time that is spent in university is lost. Associating with wrong people, everything is just destructive. It's a vinasha, the path of vinasham. It's not a path of sambhuti. By knowing the material manifestation alone, uh, one cannot be saved. That's why material knowledge is not effective. For in the course of nature, there is devastation at every moment. Nor can one be saved from these devastations by the opening of hospitals. One can be saved only by complete knowledge of the eternal life and of bliss and awareness. The whole Vedic um, scheme, the whole Vedic scheme is meant to educate men in this art of attaining eternal life. People are often misguided by temporary attractive things based on sense gratification, but service rendered to the sense objects is both misleading and degrading. It's not only misleading, but it's degrading. 
Mm. We must therefore save ourselves and our fellow man in the right way. There is no question of liking or disliking the truth. It is there. If we want to be saved from repeated birth and death, we Mm. must take to the devotional service of the Lord. There can be no compromise for this is a matter of necessity. It's not a, it's an emergency. We have wasted enough time. We cannot keep on saying, Prabhu, uh, give me some time, Prabhu, give me some time. How much, how much time you want? How much time do we want here? Krishna has given so much time. We have not made any decision yet. Right? Now, how much more, having understood, I mean, Krishna has sent Prabhupada to us and you know, he sent this whole movement and all this knowledge. Why do we want to wait still? We are not serious about it. Krishna is more serious about bringing us back than we are to, you know, in going back to Him. We are not serious about it. We are adamant to stay here in this material world. Our dog obstinacy. You know, how much of the tail is, you know, made straight, it will go back again, curly. So, that's how we are, like a dog obstinacy. We are not at all, you know, thinking of going back, always thinking how to enjoy this material world. So, foolishness. So, therefore, we have to become serious and that is this Krishna Consciousness Movement. Alright, now we will take questions. Wow, so many questions. Bhakta Virendra, no one is greater or equal to Lord Krishna in Vaishnava Consciousness. That is Not in Vaishnava Consciousness, that, that is the fact. And Vaishnava just knows the fact. It is not his speculation. This is highest God consciousness. However, Shaivas claim Lord Shiva to be the greatest and Shaktas claim Goddess Durga as the greatest God, highest God. Demigod worshippers claim their God to be highest. Why Krishna created men of different, different God consciousness even though he instructed completely surrender unto me in 1866 verse of Bhagavad Gita. As I said already before in many of these sessions that People generally do not want to surrender to Krishna in this material world. Therefore, Krishna has given these proxies, demigods, so that even if it is avidhi purvakam, it is not in the proper way, at least start worshipping my parts and parcels. It's like, when you meet a... Prabhupada gave this example. When you meet a sadhu, a great saintly person, the proper way to touch him is touch his feet. But if you go and, uh, hi, hello, how are you? You know, uh, how, sadhu, how are you? Good? You know, is that a proper way of... Uh, going and meeting a sadhu and touching him, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll actually show you the verse where it is said that one must touch the, okay, let's see this, 9, 4, oh Krishna, Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 9, chapter 4, text 18 through 20, you see, this is um, King Ambarish Maharaj. Uh, he, how he engaged all his senses in the service of the Lord. And I just want you, I just want to bring your attention to this. Hmm. This line. Tadbhritya gatras parshenga sangamam. This line. Okay. Here it is. Here it is translated. We will go to the. He engaged. He engaged his sense of touching, touching the body of the Lord's devotees. It, it, this does not mean some molesting, you know. 
no some actually one person asked me like that how how come prabhu he is it is said that uh, amrish maharaj engaged his sense of touching touching the body of devotee how can is this not molestation <laughs> come on i mean <laughs> touching the bodies of devotees doesn't mean that of course one should not touch inappropriately but there is a proper way this requires more explanation see touching the bodies of devotees means when we are seeing the advanced devotees we should touch their feet this we will see in krishna's dealings with his devotees whenever he meets krishna like for example the pandavas best example pandavas so when the pandavas see krishna five of them right <clears throat> so krishna's age is similar as um, arjuna's age and the nakula and sahadev they are younger and yudhishthir and uh, bhima they are older but sometimes bhima is also considered about the same age so when krishna comes how they greet krishna so the nakula and sahadev they bow down and touch his feet arjuna he embraces him and bhima also embraces he also embraces him as a friend whereas yudhishthir krishna touches yudhishthir maharaj's feet sometimes yudhishthir maharaj you know embraces him of course this is the relationship of krishna you see so he is teaching us how to behave with different devotees so in if you see in the nectar of instruction also ಕೃಷ್ಣೇತಿಗೃಷ್ಣೇತಿಯಸ್ಸಗಿರಿತಂ not that it is okay to bow down even to a person not initiated it's not that oh the nectar of instruction says you know i have to only respect in the mind only so you know when he's bowing down i should just remain like this no we have to bow down so but generally this is how it is so we have to respect you know okay this person is chanting hari krishna but you know he is maybe still materialistically involved or whatever at least he's chanting so that respect but then again train him up to become more advanced and then those who are initiated we have to bow down to them and those who are very advanced in devotional service we have to serve them and you know um what is that um, take instruction from them so this is how we have to associate with different devotees and even touching is the same thing when we see a spir- our spiritual master or some advanced devotee touch his feet that is the proper way and uh, equals then yes embracing you know like that and um, younger devotees you know junior uh, because usually the the elders they touch the head of the youngers right like you know like blessing or you know like 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 prabhupada you know, when when um some children used to come to him you know then he will he used to pull their sikha you know he used to pull their sikha like this and smile at them so like that uh in different you know according to the age according to the advancement you know that's how differently it has to be done but if one goes to the spiritual master and say oh, hello how are you you know you know well and good and that is not proper way of doing it that is avithi purvakam but so similarly demigod worship is avithi purvakam but still krishna is so merciful all right you know even if you want to do it avithi purvakam at least come in contact with me first even do through my part and parcel the demigods at least start coming in contact with me first just like putana putana also touched krishna instead of touching his feet or you know like you know your mother should have taken care of him nicely she put poison on her breast and she made krishna suck her breast and then wanted to kill him such an evil intention but for krishna what is evil because there is no death for him so he took ah, this is anyway nothing for me uh, i will bless her 
So, although it is avidhipurvakam, the way Putana came to him was totally wrong. But still Krishna is so kind that he elevated her. That's why when Shukadeva Goswami heard this, his mind completely changed from impersonal to personal. Because how can how come How can I meet somebody more merciful than this? That even if one comes with the wrong intention, he purifies us. So therefore, similarly, to purify us, even though we have a wrong intention, we want sense gratification, still Krishna has given us the demigod worship so that even if you want to come to me like Putana did, okay, fine, you know, come to me at least. I will purify you. At least come to me first. <laughs> that is demigod worship. Of course, finally Krishna gave his um, verdict in the 18.66 where he says, surrender unto me. That is the most properly, I mean, that is vidhi anusar, that is actual vidhi, that is actual rule. Favorably. Anukulyana Krishna anusilanam bhakti Real devotional service is to be done favorably. Although that is Krishna's mercy that he will purify us even if we come with a wrong motive, like Chatur Vidha Bhajante Maam, Chanmani Sukritin Arjuna. He said in the 7th chapter, 16th verse of Bhagavad Gita, whoever comes to me out of distress, out of you know desire for material wealth and all, they are pious. He called them pious. Actually, there is nonsense. But the pious is that they have come to him. That desire is nonsense, sense gratification. But he took the good part. That at least they have come to me instead of going to demigods. Because they could have gone to demigods or they could have gone to some other, you know, maybe some, uh, who is that? This uh, loan sharks, you know, this loan. That is also kind of, you are taking help from them to take a loan and then doing, you know, uh, you know fulfilling whatever the, uh, debts you have. So that is one way. Or you can go to demigods and ask for wealth. Or you can come to Krishna to ask for wealth. So all the way, whether you go to the loan shark or whether you go to the demigod or whether you go to the to Krishna, your desire is the same. You want your distress to be mitigated, whether it be financial or whether it be some other distress or whatever it is, whatever problem it is. Sometimes when they are distressed, they go to counsellor. Even whether you go to counsellor, demigod or Krishna, again, your thing is you want to solve that problem, that, that problem which you have come for. But Krishna, if you come to him, oh, he will give you ichhapidhanam, anichhatam. Even if you do not want Krishna's lotus feet, he is so merciful that he will give you. So therefore, because you have come to the right place for it, you are called Sukritina, pious soul. Just like the scientists, they also want to be immortal. The devotees also want to be immortal. They also want to get out of these clutches of birth and death. But the devotees become successful. Just like perfect example, Hiranyakashipu, Prahlad. Hiranyakashipu wanted to become immortal in this material world. Prahlad Maharaj wanted to become immortal in the spiritual world. And not only he wanted to become immortal, he wanted to take everybody and make them immortal also. But whereas Hiranyakashipu, he wanted to become immortal in the material world and destroy everybody else. He wanted to go, have Sambhuti in the Vinasham place and he wanted to Vinasha everybody, destroy everybody. But then what happened? He got destroyed. But Prahlad Maharaj, though he did not try any yogic power, mystic power, but he was saved. Just like Durvasa and Ambarish. So many examples like this. Okay, next question. By Vishnu Teja. Prabhu, is the Mars mission a hoax like the moon landing or is a is it close to the earth like the planet Rahu? So we know, even if their spacecraft goes to Mars, they will see some barren land. They are not going to see all the life forms. It's not the way it is. They want to see life as they know here. Just like for example, I will give you ghosts. Ghosts, they can't see, right? But there are ghosts. Similarly, higher than the ghosts are the Gandharvas. Higher than the Gandharva, the Siddhas, the Charanas, the the asuras and then the devatas if ghosts itself they cannot see 
what to speak of vidyadharas charanas um, asuras devatas kinnaras all who where they can see they can't even see even if they go there so they will not gain anything from that and if they really went there they shouldn't come back because actually mars is a heavenly planet but they can't they they come back that means what huh? that means they have no shelter there so either whether they reach or not reach actually they are not going to reach huh? but even say they reach okay fine okay you said you reach okay fine let me accept you reached then why did you come back did you see anything there some red color is it that's all you saw what is that here we have information there is so much life on the sun also of course you cannot go to the sun you will say sun nobody can live because you cannot live is that you know that's why we don't take this thing seriously even if they actually go there also they're not going to find anything they're not going to see anything are you first try to see ghosts in this world first at least that also cannot be seen uh, and then you want to see some some what demigods next vishnu teja has another question prabhu how old is the earth well since the day, day of brahma since this day of brahma started that's when this earth was created and in this day okay let's do the math so there are 71 cycles of each manu so in a day of brahma there are 14 manus 14 manus and this is the seventh manu and 28th cycle of, of 71 cycles so we'll get ex- approximately an answer let's see okay um 4 million 3 what is that this is one cycle of the four yugas right time 71 is this this is one manu's time and already six manu's have passed so time 6 plus 4 this one times this is the 28th cycle so 27 cycles have finished so times 27 i hope this does the proper way <laughs> i'm hoping this calculator does the proper way and um, this is the answer plus Three yugas have passed. Now this Kali Yuga is five thousand years, right? So three yugas, which is plus um, um, one, two, three, six. Sorry, four, three, two, seven, nine, nine times four hundred thirty-two thousand plus. There you go. 1.9 billion years 1.96 billion years that's the calculation yeah virendra prabhu yeah correct so that's about that's about the um that's about how old the earth is because every day of brahma it is created right so <clears throat> in the current day of brahma that much amount of years earth years have passed So Virendra Prabhu is very good at maths, I think. And then next uh, question by Bhakta Virendra: 
Unless and until six vices, namely lust, anger, greed, envy, attachment, and illusion, are not completely eradicated by a devotee, the Supreme Lord doesn't reveal Himself, and neither a devotee's bhakti is successful. It's not exactly not successful. It is in the process of becoming successful. It is in the path. So it is not. It is not successful. That Arjuna asked in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. So what happens to a person if he gives up material life and takes to spiritual life with full enthusiasm, but then halfway across he 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 he, he gives up the path and you know falls away from it. What happens to such a person? Is he now a loser in material life and spiritual life and he become a complete loser? Or what, what is the situation? So Krishna said, no, whatever he has done that is carries forward and next life he will start from where he left off. So it's never unsuccessful. We should not get that wrong. Um, these six vices represent the six demons which appeared in each yuga namely Hiranyaksha, Hiranyagashpu, Sat, in Satya, Ravana and Kumbhakarna and Treta and Shushupala and Dantavakra and Dvapara. Actually, I do not, I do not, I did not see this explanation that six vices represent the six demons, Hiranyagashipu, Hiranyaksha. The six vices is uh, kind of compared to the six sons of Devaki who, who died. That yes, but the six demons, I, I have not seen that. Can you show me any, um, can you show me any reference in, from the Vedas that these six, the three incarnations of Jaya and Vijaya are the six uh, vices. These six vices also represent the six sons of Devi killed by Kamsa and then Sankarshan Bhagwan and Bhagwan Krishna appeared. To conclude, the six vices hampers devotional service and makes the devotee take repeated birth and death. Definitely, six vices hampers our devotional service and give us, gives us repeated birth and death. But when we take to devotional service, it's not, a, it's not, it's never unsuccessful. Swalpam apyasa dharmasa trayate mahato bhayat. Even a little advancement is never, uh, never goes in vain. And uh, the three incarnations of Jaya and Vijay being compared to the six vices, that is not very much um, exactly, I did not hear that before. I'm, as far as I have read, as far as I remember, I don't remember this. If you have some reference, please show, otherwise, I don't think that's true. <clears throat> the next question by Vishnu Teja. Is the earth recreated after every partial dissolution or is it the same at the beginning of the universe? It's recreated every time. Bhaktavirendra. Is the Milky Way galaxy the material universe of our four-headed Brahma? Our nearest galaxy, Andromeda galaxy, is a different material universe? No. We, our thing is not about the uh, Milky Way galaxy. What we see, we may see as a Milky Way galaxy, but what we see may not be the truth, right? Like, we can't rely on our senses. Even if they see in their telescopes some Milky Way galaxy, that's not exactly the way the universe planetary systems are described in, uh, in the Bhagavatam. It is a totally different description. There's an axis and then the pole star is at the right at the apex of the axis and every planet is moving in clockwise direction about the pole star axis. So there's a whole different explanation of how planets move. Um, so it's not that the galaxy is the universe. Whatever we see, whatever we can possibly see and what, is, what we cannot see, everything is in this universe. Uh, we cannot see Andromeda galaxy is another universe. I mean, how can we see another universe? There is a shell so tightly packed. This universe is like the, the other verse we, we read. That is like a coconut. Hmm? It's like a coconut, right? Coconut shell. Inside, inside is super dense, dark. It, it, the sun is required to illuminate it. So therefore, whatever we see is within this that shell only. We cannot see anything outside the shell. It's not another universe. Another universe is outside the shell. So how can the some galaxy be our, uh, another universe? No, we can never see anything outside the shell. 
So this this galaxies and all again these are all terms of the the Western. We don't need to exactly match those words with our Vedic uh, this thing because why we have to match something perfect and imperfect and to have a perfect match? How can perfect and imperfect have a perfect match? That that's not that's not possible. Next, um, where exactly is the story about the Brahmas from different universes? So there is one in the Nectar of Devotion, which is the the Brahma Vimohan Leela and another is I think in the Bhagavatam but somewhere I saw a comment that um, it's in the Chaitanya Charitamrita somewhere so somehow I don't remember but Nectar of Devotion I know that Brahma Vimohan Leela is there where he saw the many Brahmas hmm I don't know if I want to take it out it will take some time let's try one search and if you can find it we find it otherwise you know, whoever can find it, I mean, put in the comments maybe. Uh, nectar of Devotion. Hmm. Ah, you see? Astonishment. 33rd chapter of Nectar of Devotion. Ne- nectar of Devotion. Once Brahma was watching all the cows and cowherd boys dressed in yellow garments and decorated with valuable jewels. The boys were expanding their four arms when we were being worshipped by many hundreds of other Brahmas. All the cowherd boys began to express their joyfulness for being with Krishna, the Supreme Brahman. At that time, Brahma showed his astonishment by exclaiming, What am I What am I seeing here? This is an instance of astonishment and ecstatic love. So he saw, you see, the many hundreds of other Brahmas. So this is one. Um, this is mentioned in the 33rd chapter of the Nectar of Devotion. The other one, I don't know if if, if it is already mentioned in the comments, that the exact source, I don't see it, but oh yeah, it's in the twenty-first chapter. Yeah, it's Madhilila, twenty-first chapter, and I don't think it's in the tenth canto, right? Yeah. So, it is not in the 10th canto, I am sorry, it is in the 21st chapter of the, you see. Why did you inquire which Brahma had come to see you? What is the purpose of such an inquiry? Brahma asked Krishna. Is there any other Brahma besides me within this, within this universe? Upon hearing this, Sri Krishna smiled and immediately meditated. Unlimited Brahmas arrived instantly. These Brahmas had different numbers of heads, you know, 10 heads, 20, 100, 1000, 10,000, 100,000, 10 million, 100 million. No one can count the number of faces they had. They were also arrived many Lord Shivas also with various heads numbering 100,000 and 10 million. Many Indras also arrived. Wow, not only Brahma, you see. And they had hundreds of thousands of eyes all over their bodies. When, when the four-headed Brahma of this universe saw all these opulences of Krishna, he became very much bewildered and considered himself a rabbit among many elephants. <laughs> all the Brahmas who came to see, see Krishna offered their respects at his lotus feet and when they did this, their helmets touched his lotus feet. No one can estimate the inconceivable potency of Krishna. All the Brahmas who were there were resting in, in the one body of Krishna. When, the, when all the helmets struck together Krishna's lotus feet, there was, an, there was a tumultuous sound. Tumultuous sound. It appeared that the helmets themselves were offering prayers unto Krishna's lotus feet. With folded hands, all the Brahmas and Shivas began to offer prayers to Lord Krishna saying, O Lord, you have shown me a great favor. I have been able to see your lotus feet. All of them then said, It is my great fortune, Lord that you have called me, thinking of me as your servant. Now let me know what your order is so that I can I may carry it on my heads. 
Or Krishna replied, since I wanted to see all of you together, I have called all of you here. All of you should be happy. Is there any fear from the demons? They replied, by your mercy, we are victorious everywhere. So, <laughs> that is the past time. So, alright, we have got the answers for both. Chaitanya Charitamrita, 21st chapter, Madhilila and Nectar of Devotion, 33rd chapter. Next, Bhakta Virendra Prabhu's question. Uh, in Krishna consciousness, do the devotees try to see God in devotion or God sees his surrendered devotee? Surrendered devotee. Yeah. So, Bhakta Siddhan Saraswati Thakur said, don't try to see God. Act in such a way that God wants to see you. So, that is basically devotional service. So, if we uh, engage in devotional service as one of the one of the characteristics of devotional services krishna karshani it is krishna karshani so it attracts krishna so god will come and see you uh, just like anejadekam manasojaviyo so he is even if you run at the speed of the mind you cannot see him right but uh, dhruv maharaj by standing in one place he was meditating and the lord himself came to him so like that um, Prahlad Maharaj, he was just rendered, rendering devotional service and the Lord came to him, Narasimhadev. So, always it has been the Lord coming. Even Gajendra offered his prayers and the Lord came. So, we actually, we, we cannot reach the Lord. The Lord can reach us. And when he reaches us, then we can be in association with him. So, the whole thing is how to get him to reach us. Krishna Karshini. This is Bhakti. Only Bhakti can attract him. So that's why Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur said, act in such a way that God will see you. Don't try to see God. Bhaktivirendra's question again. Uh, no, sorry. Mr. Kupusami. Brahma also like... Okay. Brahma also like that then. How is Lord Shiva? Well, yeah, as you saw already, many Shivas also came there. So Shiva is also subordinate to Krishna. Next question by Bhakta Virendra. In this, if in this lifetime we are performing Krishna Bhakti, then will Krishna take 10 steps to our small step by seeing our Bhakti and take us to his spiritual abode? Yes, provided we take our first step. So, Krishna takes 9 steps. <coughs> Prabhupada said that. So, Krishna is actually more eager to take us back than we are in going back to him. So, when we show that interest, then Krishna is more than willing to help us. Next question by Bhakta Vishnu Teja. Prabhu, I started laughing when you said first class Shudra. Is that offensive? Why is it offensive? I mean, we also have to have laughter, right? We are not robots. Like, we have no humor, nothing. Prabhupada, you see how much humor he had. You know, sometimes the way he says things, you know, is very hilarious. Like, you know, the other purport, he said, this uh, cunning gentleman, Hiranyakashipu was a cunning gentleman. How, how, <laughs> how can that be, how can a gentleman be cunning? And if he's cunning, how is he a gentleman? And by his by his behavior, he was never a gentleman. He was he was creating terror everywhere. And Prabhupada sarcastically called him the cunning gentleman. So you know there is human. And Prabhupada, you know, how many times you know he, he you know he has a very very unique humor. You know. So spiritual life is also. I mean, of course, it's not a joke. I mean, you should not make a joke out of spiritual life. But yeah, there is humor. You know. Then uh, Vijay Sharma Prabhu, how can we know Krishna as it says in Bhagavad Gita 4.9 when there is so much knowledge about Krishna that we cannot comprehend? As I already said, we should know him enough 
to be convinced that we should do nothing else but serve him. Once Prabhupada was asked this question, Oh, so the spiritual master is as good as Krishna. So, does the spiritual master also know everything? And Prabhupada paused for a while and said, He will know everything that Krishna wants him to know. So, how much Krishna wants him to know, he will know all that. So, that that is the point. That we need to know how much... Of course, spiritual masters... You know, we cannot even comprehend what the spiritual master knows. So, but Krishna... We have to know Krishna enough for us to render devotional service without any disturbance. It's not that again... That Prabhu, I have read all Prabhupada's books. Now I know enough Krishna. Now I am devotee only. No, I am engaging in devotional service. So I don't read. I don't need to read anymore. I I, I know Krishna enough that I am now rendering devotional service. When we are rendering devotional service, where is our mind? Are we fixed in Krishna? It's not just the official or the external with our senses, but where is our mind and intelligence? Is it completely just on Krishna and absolutely nothing else? If it is not, then we have not heard enough. That's why we have to hear again and again and again. And actually, if one really likes Krishna, then he will read about him even more. Because he cannot stop reading about him. He cannot stop listening about him. He cannot stop chanting his name. So that is ruchi. Ruchi means taste. So he will have this ruchi where he, you know, will not be able to stop. So that, that... So, we can understand him as much as he reveals and as much as is necessary. He will reveal as much as is necessary for us to be completely fixed in him and render devotional service to him. So, next question by Bhakta Ayapa. Hare Krishna Prabhu, what is your views regarding homeschooling? So that we devotees can teach the kids a lot of spiritual education as well, their education that they wish. Well... Okay, ideally, the material education is useless. So, as Prabhupada said, just our spiritual education along with some English, uh, simple mathematics and um, um, general geography and history. That's it. Other than that, everything else they can learn from the books. Now, in some countries, there is law that you cannot avoid uh, admitting your child into the school. I mean, because this is Kali Yuga, so governments are like that. You have to. like At least in Singapore, it's like that. And I think in some other countries also, it's like that. At least until primary or something, the education is mandatory. So, <clears throat> sometimes you have to do that. So, yes, homeschooling is better, but can the devotees, again, do homeschooling when they have to do service or whether if they are working in that matter? Can they do homeschooling again? I don't know. But it's best homeschooling. But it's also not easy. And um, yeah, I mean, this is a whole thing has to be. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. Definitely, this whole education system is not perfect. But because of these laws, sometimes we have to oblige. At least until primary or something like that. So we have to figure out what is the best way. And as soon as possible, get them out of that system and we can have our own system which is actually much you know, better. The other day, one Prabhu actually called me up and said, Prabhu, are you M.Tech or you know, what is your qualification Prabhu? No, I have no degree Prabhu. Huh? What is it? 
how are you speaking prabhu on bhagavad gita you know you know you're speaking so many things you're telling you know how come how come you're speaking so many things so i said what has that to do with uh, mtech or you know masters or degree or something like that anybody who knows english who reads prabhupada's books can speak like this right i don't i don't say i'm a great speaker or something like that but anybody can speak on spiritual subject matters as long as he knows english what i was speaking I, did i speak anything from the master's degree or what they learn in the mtech mtech is master masters of technology for those of you who do not know i think there are some people from other countries where they don't use the term mtech so master of masters of technology so it's uh, post graduate so what was said in the class that was from the post graduate nothing right so it's all about knowledge from the scriptures and that we just need to know english and we can read prabhupada's books and that's why we actually that's why we show the screen is everything is from here nothing is manufactured from some degree or some you know post graduation or phd nothing like that so actually one does not need to be anything other than you know educated in the krishna consciousness this is highest education well how to implement this got to figure out according to time place and circumstances but as soon as possible get them out of that like prabhupada you know he was going into the going to school as well but then when his mother passed away when he was 14 years old his father said enough you know okay there was i mean it went on until college then after that he just he himself gave up and also prabhupada's father also did not want him and even bhaktisiddhanta uh, i mean prabhupada's father did not want him to go to england he was supposed to become a barrister you know study law and all that in england prabhupada said i want i don't want my son to become a militia yeah rather he is here and become a nice devotee and um, similarly bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur also did not pursue higher education he was so intelligent i mean once he reads photographic memory just stays in his mind at the age of 7 he memorized all 700 verses of bhagavad gita and could explain them give lectures on bhagavad gita at the age of 7 years old i mean that kind of intelligence what masters or phd he cannot pass or come out in flying colors but he never pursued he was not interested he said that is in fact an impediment i will i don't want any education because if i become educated then there will be proposals for marriage and all this i don't want anything any of these distractions so he said that, like that so even bhaktivinod thakur also derided material education and all the way wherever you see even prahlad maharaj when his teachers were teaching all the material education he did not bother whenever the teachers went away he taught all his friends the spiritual education of krishna consciousness that's what that's what really matters next uh, question by ayappa is jain vijay or vishnu dutas or demigods i wonder even though they are vaikuntha vasis they get cursed Why, why do you say demigods? We already read, read in the Bhagavatam, they are Vish, I mean the Vishnu Dutas, right? They are in Dwarapalakas, doorkeepers of Vaikuntha. They were not demigods. They were not. Yeah, Vaikuntha was, they got cursed, yes. So, Krishna is showing that, you know, just because Vaikuntha was, we can uh, offend Vaishnavas. No, Vaishnava offense is so bad that even if one is in Vaikuntha, he will fall down. So, Krishna wants to show that. And we all fell down from Vaikuntha, right? you must have committed offenses isn't it so he wants to show that that vaishnava aparad is so great that even a vaikunthavasi will fall down if he commits vaikuntha i mean uh, if he commits vaishnava aparad that's the that's the whole lesson to take there all right that's the end of our question answer session thank you very much and i i'm sorry for the delay and again that mistake that that link has changed <sighs> just got caught up with some things and got late So kindly excuse me for that. We'll see you tomorrow with the next verse. Shri Ishopanishad ki jai. Shri Prabhupada ki jai. Anantakodi Vaishnavrind ki jai. 
निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्णा